Good morning, Orlando, and a good Friday morning to you here at 6 o'clock. We are glad you're with us for our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning shots fired at the president's South Florida golf resort. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And we'll be staying on that story all morning. And up next, Trump Derangement Syndrome, the latest installment on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. A scary scene this morning at Trump National Doral after a man opens fire in the lobby of the president's golf resort. We're not saying that this is terrorism. We're not saying any of that, but we're not discounting anything at this point. Miami-Dade Police Director Juan Perez says they're working with Doral Police, the FBI, Secret Service, and other law enforcement agencies in this active investigation. He adds they were able to shoot the suspected gunman who is expected to survive. An officer was hurt in the confrontation, but no other injuries are known. The suspect was reportedly holding an American flag and yelling obscenities about the president, who was not there at the time when he opened fire. We'll stay on this story, as I say, all morning long. And if there are breaking news updates, we're going to have them for you right here in Good Morning Orlando. You can count on it till 9 a.m. This news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. There are similarities between a girl missing from Miami and the description of a girl reported to have been abducted from Brevard County. But investigators don't think they are the same person. 17-year-old Dania Belagarde of Miami disappeared 11 days ago. Authorities have yet to identify the girl witnesses say was pulled into a car in Titusville earlier this week or even confirm that a kidnapping took place. Both Florida candidates for the U.S. Senate will be in Orlando courting the Puerto Rican vote today. Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson and Republican Governor Rick Scott are attending the ninth annual Puerto Rican Summit at the Doubletree by Hilton Orlando on International Drive. Meanwhile, Nelson has filed legislation to require FEMA to extend a housing program for families displaced by last year's hurricanes, including Puerto Ricans forced to flee their island home by Hurricane Maria. The program is scheduled to end June 30th. Nelson wants it to continue through next February. The rapidly growing Puerto Rican vote, obviously important to both candidates for the United States Senate. You can see that in their agendas, and uh, we'll have more later in the show. A new complex in Miami-Dade County could take the title of largest mall in North America, but yesterday it had to clear a major hurdle. American Dream Miami, a mega complex packed with shopping, entertainment, and even an amusement park, set to be the biggest of its kind in the nation. But the biggest deal was yet to be done. The developer, Triple Five, making its case before the county commission. It's about jobs, first and foremost. It's about helping small businesses and working men and women in this community. This enormous complex of $4 billion development in northwest Miami-Dade would create an estimated 14 thousand jobs but not everyone is convinced the public strongly divided stop this mega mall abomination it's jobs 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 and in the end worship passes 11 to 1 the vote on the rezoning is next and if all goes as expected this project will move forward with an opening date in the year 2022 that's jessica holly of seven news miami Want to be a gator hunter, bud? No. Well, no, I want to give them lots of room. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission is taking applications for the annual statewide recreational alligator harvest. Spokesperson Melody Kilbourne says in 1967, Florida alligators were listed as endangered, 
but today there are 1.3 million statewide. We want to provide opportunities to hunters to utilize this renewable natural resource here in the state of Florida, while also uh, managing these populations to ensure that we don't get back to the point where they need to be listed again. The application period runs through May 28th. You can apply online at GoOutdoorsFlorida.com. Again, our top story this morning, shots fired at uh, Donald Trump's uh, national uh, Trump National Resort in uh, Doral down in Miami. And uh, we're going to stay on that story, as Bud said, all morning long. Yeah, we don't know exactly what this is all about. We do know that the incident is over. We do know that the gunman has been um, taken into custody and apparently was wounded but has survived, right? Right. And uh, one deputy was injured, not shot, but suffered a broken wrist. That appears to be the extent of the injuries. Mm -hmm. Again, we'll uh, let you know more as we know it. WFLA News Time is 6.06. A man quits his job at Popeye's by singing. Watch the video online at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thanks, Alan. Alan Spector bringing us the news that he does so well every Friday morning on Good Morning Orlando. Yaffe, as per usual, is executive producing in the control room. Sliding in alongside him and taking your calls is Stephanie. If you want to talk about the hot topic of the moment, and we got a whole boatload of them for the next three hours here, um, 407-916-5400 is my number. Text line, always open, never busy, 23680. We recommend that to you, but you need to know, of course, that standard message and data rates apply. Again, we stay on the breaking overnight news at uh, at uh, Trump's South Florida Golf Club at Doral of this gunman who opened fire there. And uh, we'll find out what that was really all about along the way. Uh, Preliminarily, I am told that there is a news conference scheduled on this at 9 a.m., but uh, we're all over this, and and stay tuned. We'll give you the very latest that we have. Now, um, these MS-13 gangs that come across our open borders, okay, are the worst of the worst. Well, actually, in their own way, The anti-Trump media machine is in the same league for what they tried to do to the president yesterday relating to his comments about MS-13 gang members. It is Trump derangement syndrome on full display. And it is ugly and it is nasty. But in a way, because I know the president can handle it, I want the Democrats and the anti-Trump media machine to keep it up because I think it's going to backfire big time. The American people across party lines have a fundamental sense of fair play. And this coverage of Trump's comments about MS-13 gangs and illegal aliens will not be viewed as fair. As a matter of fact, the media is now backing away and apologizing for what they have done not enough. It sure reveals them for who they are. Stay tuned. You'll want to hear all of this, and we'll talk about it together. As we roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio on a Friday morning, just visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Stay tuned right now. You have your chance to win your share of 880000 bucks in cold cash. It's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Real easy. Just listen now for the new keyword of the hour, then text that keyword to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. An update, of course, coming up here in just two minutes for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic 
on a Friday morning on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Trump is committed to putting the hammer down on these illegal immigrants in these MS-13 gangs, as they are called, around the country. He does not throw them in the barrel with all illegal immigrants, okay? They are separate in the president's mind, but that line was intentionally blurred yesterday by the anti-Trump media and the liberals in the political realm. There's no doubt about it. Trump derangement syndrome, this is going to backfire on them politically, I do believe, as well it should. If you're not familiar with the MS-13 gangs that come up from Mexico and other Latin American countries and set up in our cities around this country, they really are as brutal as it gets. I have a list of the ways in which they kill their victims. Baseball bat beatings, cutting hearts out, literally beating teenage girls and women to death, machete executions, and it goes on and on and on. And so it was this week. The president had a gathering at the White House of law enforcement during police week, and he started talking about the MS-13 gangs, the anti-Trump media machine and the left-wing political machine had their antenna up and they chose to hear and report what they wanted to hear and report to drive their Trump-hating agenda, but they were not reporting accurately what the president said. I want you to listen to the first word out of the president's mouth here and the rest of what he has to say. MS-13, these are animals. They're coming into our country. We're getting them out. They come in again. We're getting them out. We need strong immigration laws. We have the weakest laws in the entire world. We have laws that are laughed at on immigration. Very clearly, MS-13 gangs, they are animals, okay? They are animals, and they are. The media, though, said, he's calling all illegal aliens animals. He has no respect for human life. It's the president who's the animal. Outrageous. Yesterday, it came up at the White House press briefing, and Press Secretary Sarah Sanders was ready to go, locked and loaded, and she absolutely blew the room away. Here she is. MS-13 has done heinous acts. Uh, It took an animal to stab a man a hundred times and decapitate him and rip his heart out. It took an animal to beat a woman. They were sex trafficking with a bat 28 times, indenting part of her body. And it took an animal to kidnap, drug, and rape a 14-year-old Houston girl. Frankly, I think that the term animal doesn't go far enough, and I think that the president should continue to use his platform and everything he can do under the law to stop these types of horrible, horrible, disgusting people. You could have heard a pin drop in the White House press room, and it looks like the president might have been watching and listening because he further had this to say. When the MS-13 comes in, when the other gang members come into our country, I refer to them as animals, and guess what? I always will. But Nancy Pelosi, along with the rest of the left-wingers in politics and the anti-Trump media machine, the ATM machine as we dub them here, They decided to run with a narrative that the president was calling all illegal aliens animals. Listen. And so when the president of the United States says about undocumented immigrants, these aren't people, these are animals. You have to wonder, 
does he not believe in the spark of divinity, the dignity and worth of every person? The Associated Press and multiple media outlets have apologized for running with a narrative they they admit now was in error, that the president was not saying all illegal aliens are animals. He was simply saying that the animals are the illegal aliens in the MS-13 gangs. 407-916-5400. What do you think about all you are hearing here? Do you agree with me? This is going to backfire on all of them here. To do this to the president? I think it's already hurting the Democrats. It's too much every day. Piling on the president no matter what he says and twisting his words to their agenda. I think they are being seen across party lines for who they are. 407-916-5400-23680 on the text line. Standard message and data rates apply. Let me know what you think of all you are hearing and my take on it. We'll have this on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. will be updated as well here in two minutes. So stick around. We're glad you're with us on a Friday morning. It's all coming your way on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So now, not only do we have multiple mainstream media outlets backpedaling off their initial reporting of outrage that the president had called all illegal aliens in this country animals, he was simply referring to the MS-13 gangs. But even then, Yaffe, the Washington Post was defending the MS-13 gangs, saying that they're human beings and that the president of the United States comments that they are animals is disgusting. So even, even then, you've got the pushback because the hatred for Trump is so extreme. If the left thinks it's going to get anywhere by defending MS-13 gang members from Trump's comments, they're crazy because they're playing right into Trump's hands. This is all going to make Trump look a lot better and the media look a lot worse. And again, I think fundamentally across party lines, it's just in the DNA of, uh, of Americans. They want fairness. You know, they don't like people having their character assassinated They don't want obvious, errant reporting designed to make somebody, in this case the president, look bad. They don't want to accept that kind of thing. And already you can see the Democrats' advantage in the generic ballot, more on this in the next half hour, is diminishing. The big blue wave they were anticipating to take over both houses of Congress is being squelched. And I think it is because people are saying, yeah, Trump's got his faults and problems, etc., but he's done some extraordinary things for which he never, ever gets any credit, and they're just piling on him all the time, and it's not right. Yeah, not only that, but you're not going to convince the average American that MS-13 are not animals. No. I mean, the average American is not going to have a problem with calling out those brutal thugs. Yeah, it's amazing here. There's a piece that's almost too brutal to read, let alone... Uh, express on the radio, uh, go to Breitbart, and the headline is 11 Animalistic Crimes Committed Against Americans by MS-13 Gangs. And um, it's, it's so blatant what happened here because the president clearly identified yeah. the animals only as the illegal aliens who were in the MS-13 gangs. It was not uh, yeah. an indictment of all illegals, and that's exactly 
the way the anti-Trump media and the left wing uh, of our political uh, system, uh, Pelosi and the rest of them, this is the way they wanted to run with it, but they didn't get away with it. Yeah, and it's hard for me to believe when you watch the video. I mean, how could anybody watching the video or listening to Trump think otherwise unless they're being completely dishonest with themselves and others? I mean, this goes, this stretches to lying. This isn't just an accident. It seems like they were actively trying to misconstrue what Trump was saying. Yep, a lot more coming here on the 50,000 watt front porch. We're off to a good start this morning, keeping our eye on that gunman. Uh, at the uh, Trump Doral Golf Club in South Florida overnight. The breaking news there. Stay tuned on that. Alan Spector will be by in a moment on that and other things. Bottom of the hour on a Friday morning. So glad you're with us and just in time for Alan Spector with a news update on our breaking news from South Florida overnight. Alan? But a police-involved shooting at Trump National Doral Golf Club, leaving one officer hurt and landing the shooter in the hospital. Miami-Dade Police Director Juan Perez says the situation could have been much worse. It was in the lobby and throughout the main part of the hotel there, but there was no evacuations. Our officers were able to neutralize the the threat immediately. There was no hesitation on the part of the police officers arriving there and, and confronting the threat and eliminating the threat. The shooter was taken with police escort to Kendall Regional with shots to his lower extremities, expected to survive. One officer was also hurt, not shot, and is in stable condition. The gunman reportedly walked onto the property holding an American flag and yelling obscenities against the president, who of course was not there at the time. He's at the White House, and this is not to be confused, Trump National Doral, with Mar-a-Lago, the resort where the president normally stays when he comes to Florida. Right, that's up the coast in Palm Beach, Beach, absolutely. So they brought in the Secret Service, they brought in the FBI and Homeland Security to try to get to the bottom of this, but whatever this was and what the motives were, etc., it is all over as we speak. Yeah, and we're watching for more details. None really have come out yet, but uh, we'll keep you posted. Got it. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The eyes are 54, the nays are 45, and the nomination is confirmed. With that, the CIA has its first woman director. The Senate confirmed Gina Haspel with both of Florida's senators, Republican Marco Rubio and Democrat Bill Nelson, casting yes votes. Critics of Haspel had questioned her role in harsh interrogation practices after the 9-11 terror attacks. Orlando police plan to start enforcing a new law this weekend at a gun show being held at the Central Florida Fairgrounds. The law was passed to close the so-called gun show loophole and requires buyers to undergo a background check and a three-day waiting period. A new study says restoring the voting rights of former felons will boost Florida's economy. Tony Villamil with the Washington Economics Group says passage of Amendment 4 in November would have an annual economic impact of $365 million by reducing recidivism and freeing up tax money for other priorities. The state will have the additional resources instead of paying for more recidivism, spending on education, spending on infrastructure, the kind of things all of us know we need. Supporters of the Voting Rights Amendment have argued all along that it's about fundamental fairness. With this new study, they can also claim it's in your best financial interest. Rick Flagg, Tallahassee. The NHL Eastern Conference Final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Washington Capitals is all tied up at two games apiece. The Bolts' Alex Kalorn broke a two-all tie with just over eight minutes to go in the third period. Off the boards, over near Sergeyev, watched by Wilson, back in deep, penalty timeout, right around the front, score! What a play by Kalorn! And it's three to two! 
NBCSN with the call. The Lightning went on to beat the Capitals 4-2 in Game 4 at D.C. Braden Point and Steven Stamkos scored less than three minutes apart in the first period for Tampa Bay, which will host Game 5 of the best-of-seven set tomorrow night. The road teams have won all four games so far. Nothing like uh, Stanley Cup hockey. The playoffs are just great. And uh, what a series, Alan. Great to see the lightning in it. You bet. WFLA News Time is 636. I'm Alan Spector. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. As we bring in Gina Cervini live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City with the Daily Bloomberg Business Report. And good Friday morning to you, Gina. Good Friday morning to you. How's the stock market looking to you? Well, right now, the futures are indicating a higher Wall Street open. Investors are weighing the latest developments in international trade, also factoring in oil prices at a four-year high. They're at $71.55 a barrel right now. U.S. stocks slipped a bit yesterday with some economic data under scrutiny by investors. The Dow was down 55 points to 24,714. S&P fell two or about a tenth of a percent to 2720. The Nasdaq down about 16. The Bloomberg Orlando index actually rose two tenths percent, but JCPenney was the worst performer after issuing disappointing results yesterday. Yeah, I was reading they're saying that JCPenney is running out of money and running out of time, Gina. It's a tough situation for Penny. It really is. And for a lot of the old traditional big department stores, bricks and mortar, when everybody's doing their shopping online, or at least more and more are. Okay, Cambridge Analytica will be a name familiar to you if you follow the news regularly, and we hope you do. They are back in the news and on the Bloomberg radar this morning. What's the latest? Well, it's bankruptcy for Cambridge Analytica, overwhelmed by that scandal involving how it harvested data from Facebook. The U.K.-based political consulting firm filed for Chapter 7 in New York after already saying that it would cease operations and wind down at home. The Chapter 7 petition in New York will address issues raised by U.S. creditors. And uh, we've had a lot of news lately, you know, problems with the airlines, exploding windows and all kinds of things, and now alarming allegations made by a whistleblower. Tell us about that, Gina. Well, there's a drone maker called Aerovironment. It's accused of trying to hide that employees carried a drone rigged with explosives on a Delta Airlines passenger flight from Salt Lake City to Los Angeles back in 2015 and then allegedly retaliated against a manager who told the government about it. There were about 230 passengers on that plane, bud. The plaintiff oversaw security for the drone maker's top-secret government programs. An Aerovironment spokeswoman said the, or spokesman, I should say, said the company believes the complaint contains baseless legal claims and the airline had no comment. More to come on this. Migraine sufferers, listen up. What you got, Gina? Amgen just approved a new migraine medicine. Um, I should say the FDA just approved it. Amgen has just priced it. They're saying it's going to cost $6,900 a year. Investors are hoping that this new drug called Amovig will become the biotech giant's next blockbuster. It's part of a new class of therapies known as CGRP inhibitors. They offer new options to people who get recurrent painful headaches. Gina, in closing, I've never found a veggie burger that I like. If I'm going to have a burger, it's going to be a big old (laughs) beef burger, maybe a half pounder here. It's interesting that the feds 
are taking a look at the so-called magic ingredient that's in some <laughs> veggie burgers. What's going on with this? Well, this is one particular company, Bud, and the FDA has added three months to its safety review of this so-called magic ingredient that a company called Impossible Foods says makes its Impossible Burger taste like meat. No reason was given for the extension here, but this does put the decision in late July. The Impossible Burger contains an <laughs> ingredient called heme. Uh, it's a molecule found in animal muscle in abundance, but also in plants, and Impossible Foods harvests it from soybean roots, and apparently this is what they say gives it that flavor that tastes like meat. Maybe yeah. you should try it if, it, if and when we... Uh, well, well, what they're saying is, Bud, is that yeah. a lot of people have tried it and they really like it. Yeah? So... Yeah, I won't be on the list. You try it for me. <laughs> I'll try it. I'm willing. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm not, I, I kind of like certain veggie burgers, but I, I hear what you're saying. It's not the same as having a good old hamburger, is it? That's it. You know, where's the beef is my question. <laughs> and if there's no beef, I'm not having a burger. Anyway, Gina, always a pleasure when you join us for the Daily Bloomberg Business Report. Um, back off the gas. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll catch you Monday morning, okay? <laughs> Thank you, bud. You too. All right. Good deal. Gina Cervetti, the best. Now, coming up, I'm going to delve deeply into the Budman's Believe It or Not file for the story of an MSNBC anchor on the air praising President Trump. Hear it for yourself next, right after I give you an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic. And I'll do that here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I love almost everything about this job as host of Good Morning Orlando. I love the people I work with. I mean, Yaffe and Steph and Alan and Deb when she's here. It doesn't get any better than that. I love Jim, our program director. The management team is terrific. There is one thing that's always been tough for me. In order to do this job the way I want to do it, I want to know what the people with an opposing point of view are saying. So I have to subject myself to the painful experience of connecting with whatever they're writing in the New York Times and the Washington Post and on and on and on from the left and on television, MSNBC, CNN. And I'm telling you, it's not easy, but it's part of the job. Every once in a while, something comes along that blows the Bud Man out of the water because this is not what you're likely to hear on MSNBC, which hates Trump. You're certainly not likely to hear what you're about to hear from the woman who is speaking, Stephanie Rule. She is a daytime co-anchor on a show called Velchi and Rule, and they regularly rail on Trump, no matter what. Yesterday, and I have to believe she put her job at risk doing this and got called on the carpet in the corner office right after the show, on the first anniversary of the Mueller probe, she was all over praising what President Trump and his policies have done for this country. I couldn't believe it. I want to share it with you from the Budman's Believe It or Not file, MSNBC anchor Stephanie Rule. A year ago this week, Robert Mueller launched his special investigation into possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia during the 2016 elections. But what happened economically for Americans in their day-to-day -day lives in the past year? It's more than just Russia and collusion. We've got to live our lives. So let's 
take a look. Americans have made gains with this president. Nearly three million jobs have been created since Trump took office. And there are record 6.3 million job openings that employers are ready to fill now. The unemployment rate has fallen almost a full percentage point from 4.8% in January 2017 to 3.9% in April. That is the lowest in 18 years. Wages are starting to tick up slowly, rising 2.6% in April from the previous year. So we still need to play some real catch-up there. But meanwhile, the stock market continues on its nine-year bull run. The Dow has gained 20% in the past year alone, fueled by strong corporate earnings. Only half of Americans are actually invested in stocks, and mostly through 401ks and other retirement accounts. But President Trump says... His tax cuts, his deregulation, and killing the agenda of regulating and holding businesses back are going to boost our economy, which he says will benefit all Americans in the form of higher wages. So while President Trump deserves a lot of credit for the economic gains that we're seeing and the positive business sentiment in this country, we need to talk more about what needs to be done for Americans and does this system benefit all of us. Wow. From the lips of MSNBC, generally anti-Trump anchor Stephanie Rule, and from the Budman's Believe It or Not file. Um, breaking news, Stephanie Rule now selling hot dogs on Times Square, Yaffe. <laughs> what do you make of that? I think she's going to take a lot of heat. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Very interesting. I guess you just can't ignore the positive gains in the economy. But That's really what it is. can you even imagine the email she must gotten and her oh, Twitter sure. account and all of this? Yeah, I'm and sure. And I'm absolutely oh, sure. You? I'm absolutely sure there was a meeting after the show. Okay? I'm going to have to tune in and see uh, whether she's there today or not. <laughs> but anyway, you know what? Every, every time you think that uh, the impossible can't happen, the impossible happens. Maybe she's auditioning for a slot on Fox. Don't take her. She doesn't believe any of that stuff. We're talking about how the left was piling on Trump and errantly reporting that he had said all illegal aliens are animals when all he meant were the illegal aliens that formed the MS-13 gangs in this country as brutal as anything you'll find anywhere in the world, and they are, in fact, animals. You know, and this kind of piling on is going to have a backlash. I think it's already having a backlash. Uh, you know, not that the president doesn't open himself up to criticism, but I mean, this is relentless, constant pounding. When you when you watch the anti-Trump media or read the anti-Trump media, I, I think is going to ultimately work to the advantage of the president. Where people say this is just outrageous, it's over the top, it's unbalanced, it's unfair. And then you have the reality that even Stephanie Rule of MSNBC had to acknowledge yesterday that a lot of good things are happening for Americans in this country with the economy and other things at the hands of the policies of President Trump. So the Democrats were counting on an anti-Trump blue wave to sweep him into power in the midterm elections to take control of the House and the Senate, and in the minds of many, set the stage for getting rid of the president through the impeachment process. Well, not so fast. More evidence that the anticipated big blue wave is fizzling out. Real clear politics now showing the Democrat advantage in the generic ballot has slipped below 5% to just 4.7%. It had in recent months been as high as 13%. In, in 2006, for perspective on how this translated into votes in midterm elections, 2006, which was a midterm year, with an 11.5% Democrat advantage in the generic ballot, 
Democrats went on to pick up 31 seats, okay? This year, the Democrats need to flip 24 seats to retake the House. But that's looking less doable when you consider that with an 11.5% advantage in 06, they only snatched 31 seats from the Republicans, Yaffe. And now they're down at 4.7%. And if that translates the way history shows this tends to do, that blue wave is going to be a ripple, not a tsunami. Well, the Democrats were betting on hopes of being just anti-Trump, anti-Trump all the time and thinking that was going to win elections. And frankly, it's just not good enough, especially when things in the country are going pretty well. And what is it they have to run on? I don't see that they've got strong candidates on the national scene. Of course, in the midterms, that's not the big issue. But what is the issue they're running on beside we hate Trump? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, the Democrat Party is very divided themselves. You know, they're having tough primary contests in their own party because some in the Democrat Party want to just go so far left. And a lot of the country doesn't want to go there. Yeah. Let them keep doing that. You know, and, and because they get so far out of the mainstream, it may be a midterm where the party in power in the White House does not lose seats in Congress. It hasn't yeah. happened in a while, but it could happen if this keeps on going. We'll follow it. Okay, it's Free Movie Friday. Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets. It's back. And here's your chance to win free movie tickets. And who wouldn't love that? Text Adam Tickets now. How do you do it? Text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win. The Adam Tickets app is where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. Download it. You will absolutely love it. Have fun. It is Free Movie Friday here on WFLA. Job Opportunity Friday as well. And we are proud to be associated with this great hiring event down in Winter Haven today from 10 until 2 at Nora Mayo Hall. All kinds of employers in all kinds of fields, including nearby Legoland. They're going to be interviewing and making offers on the spot. Um, And bring your resume, meet employers if you want a new job or you want a better one than you've got. For more information, if you're an employer who'd like to participate, it may not be too late. It's all on the website. Just go to 1025wfla.com slash hiring. Alan Spector updating the news on our breaking news from South Florida of an early morning shooting at the president's South Florida Golf Resort. And Nelson and Scott courting that Puerto Rican vote here in Orlando. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com exactly 7 o'clock now. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Friday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here, right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning shots fired at Trump National Doral in Miami. Details are coming up in one minute. Do you agree with me that if you have medical marijuana, a prescription for it, that you ought to have the choice to smoke it? You don't in Florida right now, and that needs to change. Let's talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. One person is in custody after someone fired shots at one of President Trump's golf clubs in South Florida. Police say the shots were fired early this morning at Trump National Doral Resort near Miami. It's not clear how many shots were fired. Several law enforcement agencies, including the Secret Service, are at the scene trying to piece things together. 
Miami-Dade Police Director Juan Perez says they have detectives ready to question the shooter at the hospital. He was taken down in the resort's lobby. He was yelling and spewing some information about President Trump, and that's what we know so far. And he had an American flag that he did drape over the counter. Just one officer suffered an injury. The good news, he is expected to be okay. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida's U.S. Senate candidates will both address the ninth annual Puerto Rican Summit in Orlando today. Republican Governor Rick Scott this morning, Senator Bill Nelson, the Democratic incumbent during the summit's luncheon. A statement from the governor's office says Scott will discuss the steps Florida has taken and continues to take to help those displaced by Hurricane Maria recover here in Florida. A million Puerto Ricans have moved to Florida since last year's devastating storm. Yesterday, Nelson filed a bill to force FEMA to continue offering housing assistance to those affected by Maria and Irma through February of next year. Hotel vouchers are slated to expire June 30th. Orlando trial lawyer John Morgan says he has not changed his mind about running for governor. He says it's not going to happen, at least not this year. To run for governor, you've got to be done making money. And I'm not done making money. Or you have to be a professional politician, and I'm not a professional politician. And John Morgan is not making any predictions about the Democrats who are running for governor because there are six of them and possibly more to come. But he does say Republican House Speaker Richard Corcoran was wise not to run because Corcoran does not have the financial resources to win. When John was talking about getting in, I predicted ultimately he would not. We had a big debate downtown one night, our blowing smoke debate. And about two weeks after that, he pulled out. Part of it is he wants to keep on making money, and I just don't think he wants everything about his business and whatever, you know, coming to public light, running for public office. Who really does? Yeah, well, that that's also that, that's a problem everywhere, I think, yeah. yeah. You know, there's been speculation the mm-hmm. last day or so that the subject of an Amber Alert in Brevard County could be a girl missing from Miami, but investigators are doubtful. The alert was issued this week for a girl believed to be 15 years old that a witness says was pulled into a car in Titusville. Uh, Now, they have not even confirmed that this actually took place yet, uh, much less identified that girl. Uh, Meanwhile, today marks 11 days since 17-year-old Dania Belagarde of Miami went missing. Less than a day away from the royal wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, and one very big detail's finally been worked out. The father of Prince Harry, Prince Charles himself, is going to be walking Meghan Markle down the aisle for the royal wedding, taking over after Meghan's father bowed out. Meanwhile, the site of the wedding, the town of Windsor, loaded with thousands of royal fans. Congratulations and celebrations. On Harry and Meghan's wedding day. Those fans dressing up and buying up loads of souvenirs as the well-wishers get fired up for the big day. All the happiness in the world. I hope they have a long and happy marriage together. Love and happiness to both of them. After the couple exchange vows in St. George's Chapel, the newlyweds are expected to greet their fans during a carriage ride around Windsor. Jill Nato, Fox News. Can't wait. I'll be watching. Really? My wife says it's mandatory viewing tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, you know. It's it's her version of a Super Bowl party. It pretty much is. She's Every in, TV in the house will be tuned to the royal wedding. She's into that. <laughs> she's watching all of the specials and all of the dramas, you know, and uh, all of this kind of stuff that's been on. I mean, there's absolutely no end to it. And and you know what? The good news for me is if I don't have to start watching until 6 a.m., I get like four hours extra sleep. 
So I'll be just fine and ready to go. And guess what? The weekend will go a whole lot better if I'm watching that royal wedding with Linda. I'm happy for you, bud. (laughs) WFLA News Time is 7.08. A teenage girl punches a waitress who was being rude to her mother. That story's online at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Medical marijuana. We passed the amendment 71%. And we still have a problem getting it fully implemented because there are political forces at work in Tallahassee that don't want medical marijuana because they feel, among other things, that it sets the stage for full legalization of marijuana. But the people spoke on medical marijuana, and what they're doing is throwing roadblocks up against it. And one of them is this. They're not letting you smoke it, which is the way most people who get a prescription for medical marijuana would want to take it. And this needs to change. Do you agree with me? If you get a prescription for medical marijuana, you ought to be able to choose to smoke it, to eat it, to whatever, to get it in you, and it ought to be your choice government butt out. That's how I see it. I'll have more in a moment, and I just want to know what you think as well. So join the conversation on medical marijuana and whether or not you ought to be able to smoke it, which you cannot now legally in the state of Florida. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply. Where are you on this? And we'll have an update coming up in two minutes on News Radio 1025 on news, weather, and traffic. And I want you to stay tuned right now for your shot at winning our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest and your share of $880,000 in cash. The new keywords coming up in seconds. Text it to 200 200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. Good luck. You know, I've just about had it with this nonsense of people trying to thwart the expressed will of the electorate at the ballot box. I just have a huge problem when that happens, and it continues to happen with medical marijuana, okay? Um, I mean, I'm not for full legalization of marijuana, but I am for the people's will being done. We have a process where you can vote for proposed constitutional amendments that get on the ballot, and if you get 60% or more, that becomes the law. 71% 18 months ago approved medical marijuana for people who got a prescription for it for serious debilitating diseases who can't find relief from other things. Opioids get you hopelessly hooked for the rest of your life. Medical marijuana doesn't seem to do that. And the problem is the Florida legislature has a lot of people, and i got to tell you, fellow conservatives, most of them, who don't want medical marijuana because they think it's the slippery slope toward full legalization and they trumped up an opposition to people being able to take marijuana any way they want. I mean, you can, you can smoke it, use oils, sprays, tinctures, vaping, edibles, okay? But they changed the law so you're not allowed to smoke it, which is the way most people would want to take their medical marijuana. It's because they are trying to thwart the will of the people, and I have a huge problem with that. There was a lawsuit filed by John Morgan over this, And there was a trial on Wednesday that lasted three hours on whether or not to force the issue and overturn that law and allow you to take your medical marijuana if it's prescribed for you by a medical professional any way you want. It's your body, government butt out. Judge hasn't ruled. Judge promises to shortly. Now, do you agree with me? 
This is outrageous what's going on, and there's no other reason that this is being done except you've got people who don't want medical marijuana, and they are politicians who will do whatever they can to thwart the will of the people when it does not agree with them. You know, with people with terrible, painful conditions of arthritis, of um, multiple sclerosis, whatever it happens to be, cancer, and they can't get relief from anything else that doesn't get them hopelessly hooked and turn them into zombies like opioids, it's their body. If they get a prescription from a medical professional for medical marijuana, the people spoke at the ballot box. If they want to smoke it, by God, they ought to be able to smoke it. And that's the way this ruling from the judge needs to go. We'll watch for it. Tell me what you think. 407-916-5400. Hit the text line, as many have, at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. We'll get into that. Lots of ways to take medical marijuana. You know, there are edibles. There's vaping. They're smoking, which is the way most people would want to get their medical marijuana. Apparently, it is the you know the the easiest and the most efficient way to get what is in this stuff that seems to give people relief from serious, painful, debilitating conditions and diseases. But the anti-marijuana forces um, are trying to thwart the will of the people. Eighteen months ago, seventy-one percent of the voters said, "Yeah, yeah." Under certain conditions, with you know, with a medical professional prescribing it, we don't have a problem with you getting medical marijuana. And nobody imagined that you wouldn't be allowed to smoke it, and they rewrote the law to prevent that, the anti-medical marijuana forces. I just have a problem with that. Uh, Here is Leon in Orlando. Thank you for waiting, Leon. What's your take on this? Um, I hope you let me uh, just get the whole point out here real quick. Um, But the problem is this is a very naive way of looking at things. When I look at people that I know from the inner city, that uh, fraudulently get um, medical marijuana licenses and bring that stuff home to their kids and let their kids at 14 and 13 smoke it. You have to have, it's just like the liberals saying, bring all the Muslims over here from Afghanistan, nothing's going to happen. When your boots on the ground and you've seen the abuse and you know these doctors are prescribing opioids and everything like that, um, and that, that is actually affecting people, you can't bring marijuana into the, into the fray, too, and with no conditions. Listen, here, here's the deal, Leon, 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 Leon. Here's the deal. That's a law enforcement issue, okay? The people spoke on medical marijuana, and if, if you are entitled to it through a medical professional's prescription, it's your choice how you take it. That's my I point. It, can I say one, one thing? Liberals put that on the ballot because they knew that that's something that would pass, but it's not good for society as a whole. How do they know that would pass? You could have had a lot of people voting. You had a landslide. You had a lot of folks who were not liberal. There aren't enough liberals to get a 71% vote. Okay? I had voted against it the first time it came up because I didn't like the way it was written. They tightened it up, and I voted for it. Because there are people who get relief from this stuff, from horrible conditions. And they ought to have the option how to use it once it's been approved by a medical professional and it's all been approved by the electorate by a landslide of 71%. Yaffe, what do you see on the text line? Well, Bud, this is one of those issues that gets people on both sides, some agreeing with you, some disagreeing with you. Of course, and it always (laughs) has been that way, and I get it. 
Yeah, one person says, agrees with you, says smoking is the best and fastest way to feel its effects. Government shouldn't be able to control the way we consume it. But another person says, I enjoy listening to Bud, but I would have to disagree with him on this. My concern is how do you tell the difference between a medical marijuana smoker or just a pothead wanting to get high? Well, because the pothead wanting to get high should not be able to get a prescription for medical marijuana. That's my point, Yaffe. Where are you on all of this? Are you with me or against me on this or somewhere in the middle? No, I, I think I'm with you. I mean, if we're going to, I mean, to me, a lot of this is a moot point anyways, because I think recreational marijuana is going to be fully legalized in this country within the next 20 years. Yeah, but for, uh, for immediately, the idea of denying people the option of smoking it, it's all politics. It's all, we don't like the way the vote went. We're going to make this thing yeah, as I tough agree. as possible to implement. And that is not how our system is supposed uh, to as work. As long as people aren't doing it in public places all the time. I don't have a problem. If you're doing it in your house, well, who cares? Smoking in Florida is banned in public places, so you yeah. can't smoke your marijuana at the restaurant. Yeah. But if you're lying there in bed in agony, by God, you ought to choose how you take this stuff if you get prescribed medical marijuana, for goodness sakes. And the people have spoken. Yeah, I agree. The people's will be done. I'll fight for that every day of my life to my last breath. And no, I don't use the stuff. And if I did... I'd never inhale. I'll tell you right now, Yaffe, there's no way, you know. I never would inhale, ever. Download the iHeartRadio app. It's absolutely free, and it's phenomenal. And boy, I'll tell you what, you will love it. Download the free iHeartRadio app. Check out the news coming up with Alan Spector right now. Our breaking news overnight from South Florida at the Trump National Doral Golf Club in Miami. Shots fired, a man under arrest, and um, we'll give you the latest. Uh, the CIA has its first woman director now. Alan, with all the news at the bottom of the hour as we roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So glad you've joined us here at 7.30 on a Friday morning. Bottom of the hour right now, Alan Spector joining us. We'll have the news in a moment. Alan, we continue to get calls on this issue of medical marijuana and whether or not if you're prescribed it, you ought to have the option to smoke it, which you currently don't. Yeah, and I, I agree with your viewpoint that you should be able to, it's been passed by the voters. You should be able to do what you want once you've got the medical marijuana. We may have an opposing view here from Frank and Mount Dora. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. Good. How are you? I'm fine. Listen, I, I, I've got to disagree with you folks here. Uh, we have plenty of opioids out there that are prescription for pain uh, and for whatever. Somebody who doesn't give us a vial and a syringe and say, here, shoot this up quick because this is the quickest way to get it in. Number two, why aren't these pills, period? Why is there all this controversy of, of what it is? Drugs are drugs. When we get most drugs from a dispensary, we get a pill. This is just a way to get ma uh, medical marijuana into the uh, hands of more – I'm walking, I'm sorry – more than the uh, – you're not smoking, uh, are you? You're just walking. Uh, yeah, I'm just walking. Okay, it sounded like you're puffing. You might have been smoking. I was just a little... Just... <laughs> no, actually, I'm speed walking. <laughs> All right. Well, so, when you, I, I mean, basically, basically, you don't like the mar medical marijuana amendment. Is that basically it? Possibly, but I say fine. My daughter is uh, severely handicapped, mm -hmm. has pain problems, 
And I don't have a problem with it being in a pill form, just like any other drug that we get out there. Put it in a pill, done with it. I'm 72. I've never smoked. I can't smoke it anyway. All right. I wouldn't know how to. All right, fair enough. And we wish your daughter well, and thank you for joining us, Frank. Appreciate that. Hey, we got to get into the breaking news out of South Florida overnight, particularly for our listeners just checking in. Yeah, but it was a scary scene this morning at Trump National Doral near Miami where a man opened fire in the lobby of the president's golf resort. Miami-Dade Police Director Juan Perez. We're not saying that this is terrorism. We're not saying any of that, but we're not discounting anything at this point. Perez says they're working with Doral Police, the FBI, the Secret Service, and other law enforcement agencies in this active investigation. He adds they were able to shoot the suspected gunman, who's hospitalized in stable condition with wounds to his lower extremities. An officer was hurt in the confrontation, not shot, though, and will be okay. Perez says the suspect draped an American flag over the counter in the golf resort lobby and spewed information about the president. Apparently he's not happy with the president. That's the uh, indication I'm getting so far. More to come. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Gina Haspel is the new director of the CIA. Haspel becomes the first woman to head the spy agency after the Senate confirmed her on a 54 to 45 vote yesterday. She has spent 33 years as a CIA operative and manager. Backers of a proposition to restore voting rights to former felons in Florida have a brand new sales pitch. Danielle Alvarez with the Second Chances campaign says they've got a study that shows Amendment 4 will create 3,800 jobs and have an annual economic impact of $365 million. Restoring a person's eligibility to vote for Floridians who have made past mistakes would result in positive economic impacts to Florida taxpayers. Proposition 4 will be on the ballot in November. It won't take effect unless it's approved by 60% of the voters. Major flooding on I-4 this week has gotten the state's attention. The Florida Department of Transportation says the company in charge of the I-4 Ultimate Improvement Project was negligent in not providing enough drainage. FDOT has told I-4 Mobility Partners to have more workers available to make sure there's not a repeat of that flooding. They had flooded unusable lanes for hours after hours, uh, I mean, the other night. And, you know, you can't have that on an interstate highway. You know, it, it's bad enough on I-4 with the improvement project underway that, that road looks different to me every day, much less putting water on top of it. Yeah, you ain't a kidding. The Lightning have tied up the NHL Eastern Conference Final. Last night at Washington, Tampa Bay's Alex Killorn scored uh, to break a two-all tie with just over eight minutes to go in the third period. The Lightning went on to beat the Capitals 4-2 to in Game 4. The series returns to Tampa for Game 5 tomorrow night. That's where the Lightning lost Games 1 and 2, and Killorn says they'll need to step up their game. Now we go back home, and I think... Um, the way we played at home the past two games, we, we have to be a lot better. You kind of have to, everyone talks about having the mentality of playing like a visiting road game. Um, it's easier said than done, but I think we just have to keep things simple and, and not force anything. The home teams have yet to win a game in this series. Elsewhere, bud. Uh, What's going on? An Orlando pet owner says his parrot has learned to use Alexa and is driving the family crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> the African gray Congo parrot named Petra learned to operate Alexa's Echo Smart Speaker and uses it to turn on and off the lights in the home. <laughs> YouTube videos show Petra operating the virtual assistant and in one video displaying her affection saying, Alexa, I love you. 
Petra's owner tells it's Channel great. 6 the four-year-old parrot can speak over 300 words. <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> One more animal story for you. Sure. A cat is being credited with saving an Ohio family from carbon monoxide poisoning after alerting them to a leak in their home. David Kexkus says their normally quiet cat woke he, his wife, and their two kids up in the middle of the night with loud mewing. He told a TV station they got up just in time to see Mr. Boo pass out in the hallway. The family grabbed Mr. Boo, rushed out of the house. David said his son and daughter both fainted. After being taken to the hospital, all family members, along with Mr. Boo and another family cat, were released and are doing fine. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's an amazing story. I guess the cat was able to detect the carbon monoxide that we can't detect, which is what makes it so deadly. You hear about dogs waking up owners, you know, when there's a fire and there's smoke. I never thought cats, you know, cared enough to do something like that. But I guess they do, or at least Mr. Boo does. You'd think Mr. Boo would just walk out, let him go, hey, find some new owners. (laughs) Are we done? I'm done. All right. How about you? Oh, we got a royal <laughs> wedding tomorrow. Oh, yes. yes. Yes, and we're going to have a live report for our man working the foreign desk. All things you need to know about Harry and Meghan. Pip, pip. Across Cheerio. the pond in a moment. Stay tuned. We'll have that and an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, we're all at Twitter because we are on the eve of the royal wedding. Find out what's going on across the pond and to get us up to date in advance of the royal nuptials tomorrow. Let's bring on News Radio 1025 National Correspondent working the foreign desk for us, Bill Zimfer. Good morning to you, Bill. Good morning, Bud, and I am about to prove that the, it is possible to do this without a British accent. Hit it. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Uh, yeah, everybody's, uh, uh, you know, getting ready for this tomorrow. It'll start early in the morning, Eastern time tomorrow. Uh, the, the television coverage will begin at about 4.30 in the morning, and it's a huge day uh, in uh, in Great Britain. Not only uh, is there a royal wedding tomorrow, but the FA uh, Cup final uh, with Chelsea against Manchester United also takes place tomorrow, and for that reason, uh, they are uh, keeping the bars open late tomorrow. So it is a huge day uh, in England tomorrow. But it's a little unusual that we would have a royal wedding take place on a Saturday. Uh, traditionally, these royal weddings have taken place during the week. Uh, William and Kate were married on a Friday. Charles and Diana were married on a Wednesday. Queen Elizabeth on a Thursday. So it breaks tradition a little bit yeah. to have this uh, on a on a, a Saturday. Now, uh, uh, the two big questions, Bud, going into this were, number one, who was going to walk Meghan Markle down the aisle now that her father is recovering from heart surgery? That has been answered. It will be Prince Charles uh, who will be walking her down the aisle. And number two, and this is still a mystery, who is designing her wedding dress? Uh, This has been uh, up for betting, as a matter of fact, in England. And it looks now like uh, Ralph and Russo will be the designers of the wedding dress. And and Royal Insiders say it is a hand-stitched beaded gown worth about $135,000. So Ah. uh, keep... Keep an eye on Meghan Markle tomorrow. Be about 600 guests there, uh, which is a small number if you look at the 1900 that uh, were invited to William and Kate's wedding. Well, but the uh, the deal is now it's not going to be held in London. It's a bit more of a quaint setting. It's going to be out of town at Windsor Castle, right? 
That's right. It will be at uh, St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle, Mm -hmm. and uh, there will be two receptions afterward. One of those will be held at St. George's Hall right there at the chapel. The other other will be held on the grounds as well at Frogmore House. That will be hosted by Prince Charles. So it is a little little bit of a smaller venue for this, but still uh, you will have uh, as much pomp and circumstance as you might imagine. They specialize in that for sure. The Royal Wedding, a little primer from... Bill Zimfer, always a pleasure having you on our show. Have a great weekend, my friend. You too, bud. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. So what about it, Yaffe, Steph? You're going to be up early to watch the royal wedding? It's mandatory viewing in our household. My wife, Linda's all over it. So, yeah, I guess I'll be watching. It is not mandatory viewing at my place. It will not be happening. Not even setting the DVR in this one, huh? No. Why? why? We're Americans, bud. Americans. <laughs> I had a guy in the newsroom who says he's not, he's not going to watch the royal wedding because he's still mad at the Brits over the revolution. Exactly right. <laughs> what a great reason. In the War of 1812? I mean, come on now. Now, Steph, let me ask you. It's Friday night into the wee hours here. You'll just be getting in around 5 a.m. when the network coverage watches. Yeah, you'll, you'll turn on the Royal Wedding, right. wouldn't you think? No? No, absolutely not. I'll be going to the gym. You really? Yeah. Are you opposed to the Royal the Wedding gym. or just not interested in the Royal Wedding? I'm not interested. I could care less. Yeah. I saw your expression when you heard that the wedding gown's 135000 bucks. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? <laughs> I got to tell you, if a family member what? of mine was getting married at 6 o'clock in the morning, yeah. I still wouldn't go. Well, it's not It's not there. It's midday there. They're getting married like at 11 care. or 12 or those, something. To me, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. They should have a little consideration <laughs> for those of us in the eastern time zone stateside. Exa- huh? I mean, to make up for the revolution. Yeah. <laughs> in the War of 1812. <laughs> anyway, okay, there you go. I just felt we had to do something on that this morning. Um, as long as I got home, my wife will say, how come you didn't have anything on about the royal wedding? <laughs> this was all to please the wife? Oh, absolutely. So the wife has control over segments of the show oh, now she, is she what you're saying. She programs the show, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see. Before I email you the lineup, <laughs> you I, say, to... I say, Lynn, how's this look? You know, she tweaks <laughs> it a little it. bit. All these years, I know. Yeah, <laughs> got that ring through my nose, right? Okay. I know the rest of the weekend at our place is going to go better if I watch that wedding with her tomorrow morning. So you see what is an investment. In uh, the rest of Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> I would be horrible to watch that with because I'd be making fun of it the whole time. <laughs> oh, man. Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're with us on the 50,000-watt front porch here at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here, right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, an early morning shooting at the President's South Florida Golf Resort. We've got details coming up in one minute. And Orlando joins a growing lawsuit on local gun laws. I'll tell you why I'm pro-gun, but anti-lawsuit in a moment on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 1025. A police-involved shooting at Trump National Doral, leaving one officer hurt and landing the shooter in the hospital. Miami-Dade Police Director Juan Perez says the situation could have been much worse. It was in the lobby and throughout the main part of the hotel there, but there was no evacuations. Our officers were able to neutralize the, the threat immediately. There was no hesitation on the part of the police officers arriving there and, uh, and confronting the threat and eliminating the threat. The shooter was taken with police escort to a hospital with shots to his lower extremities, and he is expected to survive. One officer was also hurt. The officer was not shot. He's in stable condition. 
The gunman reportedly walked onto the property holding an American flag and yelling obscenities against the president. Uh, president Trump, of course, was not there at the time. He's at the White House. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is not to be confused, Trump National Doral with Mar-a-Lago, the resort where uh, the president normally stays when he comes to Florida. Yeah, that's up in Palm Beach. This is down in Miami. There's supposed to be a news conference on this at 9 o'clock this morning. We'll watch for that. Um, Secret Service has made a statement that they're fully aware of this and they are on the scene working with law enforcement. And uh, they just showed a shot of the the gunman being loaded into the ambulance uh, with his wounds. But that's about all the information we have. We're on the story, have been all morning, and we'll stay with it. Alan, what else is going on? Well, Bud, first, this news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Both Florida candidates for the U.S. Senate will be in Orlando quartering the Puerto Rican vote. Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson and Republican Governor Rick Scott are attending today's ninth annual Puerto Rican Summit at the Doubletree by Hilton Orlando on International Drive. Meanwhile, Nelson has filed legislation to require FEMA to extend a housing program for families displaced by last year's hurricanes, including Puerto Ricans forced to flee their island home by Hurricane Maria. The program is scheduled to end June 30th. Nelson wants it to continue through next February. A new complex in Miami-Dade County could take the title of largest mall in North America. But first yesterday, it had to clear a major hurdle. American Dream Miami, a mega complex packed with shopping, entertainment, and even an amusement park, set to be the biggest of its kind in the nation. But the biggest deal was yet to be done. The developer, Triple Five, making its case before the county commission. It's about jobs, first and foremost. It's about helping small businesses and working men and women in this community. This enormous complex of $4 billion development in Northwest Miami-Dade would create an estimated 14 thousand jobs but not everyone is convinced the public strongly divided stop this mega mall abomination it's jobs 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 and in the end motion passes 11 to 1 and the vote on the rezoning is next and if all goes as expected this project will move forward with an opening date in the year 2022 that's jessica holly of seven news in miami if you've got a burning desire to hunt gators take note Applications are being taken now for Florida's annual statewide recreational alligator harvest. Melody Kilborn is with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Alligators are a conservation success story here for the state of Florida. We have a very healthy and stable population of about 1.3 million alligators. And our statewide alligator harvest program, which began in 1988, has been recognized as a model for the sustainable use of this renewable natural resource. 6,000 permits will be issued for the hunt, which starts August 15th and ends November 1st. For more information, bud, visit the FWC website or go outdoors, go to outdoors or go outdoorsflorida.com. <laughs> I'm in favor of killing as many gators as we can. We got far too many of them. We're overrun, but I'm also in favor of letting someone else kill them. <laughs> really? Not my deal. <laughs> well, you don't need new shoes or a belt. WFLA <laughs> news time is 8.07. A hero stands up for a victim of body shaming on a plane. That story's online at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So, question for you Orlando and Maitland have just joined a growing number of Florida cities in a lawsuit challenging a state ban 
on local laws being passed to restrict guns, okay? I have a problem with this on two levels, and I'll explain my thinking and see whether or not you think the Bud Man is on target or off target, as I'm sure you so often think I am. (laughs) But agree or disagree, the 50,000-watt front porch is wide open to you to join the conversation and the debate at 407-916-5400 or text me at 23680 where standard message and data rate supply. Right now, though, stay tuned for your shot of winning your share of $880,000 in cold cash. It's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. It's real easy. Just listen now for the keyword of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. Yeah, you could be our next $1,000 winner. Had one recently up in Volusia County, so why not you? Good luck. An update, of course, on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Stand by for that in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So Orlando and Maitland have joined now about 20 different cities across this state in a lawsuit that challenges a state ban on instituting local gun restrictions. This is all about gun control, but that's only one of two reasons I am opposed to this lawsuit. Let me give you, for perspective, a little bit of a history on how gun laws have come down to be what they are in the state of Florida. In 1987, Florida lawmakers, the legislature, enacted a statute that reserved for the state the exclusive right to regulate guns and ammunition. So we had some standardization and not a hodgepodge among our various cities and counties, okay, across the state on gun laws. Then there was pushback. Local governments, and there were many in Central Florida who got into this as well, opposing the 1987 law, started passing their own ordinances anyway, banning guns from, you know, whether it's local government buildings, whether it's the beach, whether it's parks, whatever it happens to be. Then in 2011, legislators passed another law, and the NRA supported them in this, that threatened local government leaders with fines of up to $5,000 and removal from office if they dared to adopt or enforce any local gun ordinances. And that also included fines for cities of up to $100,000 plus legal fees if they went down this local gun law route. So there you are. And now we have this lawsuit, and back and forth we go one more time. Um, The problem I have is this is really all about gun control, okay? This is liberal leadership in cities like Orlando, Buddy Dyer, and others as well, generally speaking. And they want to restrict Second Amendment rights, and they have various ways they want to do it. I think we do need to recognize that this is all about gun control. They won't admit that. There's nobody out there who signed on to this lawsuit who is in for expanding Second Amendment gun rights. It's only about gun control. And there's another problem with this. While I am all about local control in most things, it doesn't work for everything. I don't want to see a situation where we have a set of gun laws in this town and the gun laws are different when you drive five miles in that direction or move from here to there. And and all over central Florida, such a hodgepodge that you don't know if you are a licensed gun owner, whether you do something that runs afoul of a law here that would have been okay over there, all of a sudden you're in trouble with the law and the legal system. 
It's a nightmare. Sometimes local control doesn't work. Sometimes standardization at the state level is what you need. I don't want different traffic laws in every doggone city and town that I pass through when I'm driving. It'd make you crazy trying to keep track of, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, 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 are, what are the rules up here in Alamont Springs? Now, hold on a minute. I'm just, oh, there it says entering Maitland. Oh, my God, what is it down here? Of course, you wouldn't want that. You don't want that with gun laws, okay? That's the other reason why I am opposed to this lawsuit. Now, where do you stand on this important Second Amendment issue? Orlando and Maitland are the latest, joining this now 20-city lawsuit against the state, demanding the right to pass local gun ordinances, which are, trust me, all about gun control. That is the problem, and the problem is setting the stage for just an unmanageable hodgepodge of differing laws. Do I have it right on this? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. If I don't, please set me straight. Kathy and Steph, where are you on this lawsuit signed on to most recently that's growing across the state by Orlando and Maitland? They are suing the state to change the law so that they can institute local gun ordinances. It's all about gun control, and it just would create an unbelievably unmanageable, nightmarish hodgepodge of different gun rules. Wherever you are as a licensed gun owner, you wouldn't know what the laws are. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It is definitely all about gun control. There's no way that these cities are filing this lawsuit because they want to expand gun rights. I mean, come on. We know it's all about gun control. I mean, I'm trying to sit here trying to think of an argument against you and what you're saying, but I can't because really what you're saying is common sense. Why should these local cities go against the state constitution? When it comes to gun rights, it doesn't make sense. I agree with you completely. Local control is great for many things, okay? But it doesn't work for everything. And this is a classic case beyond the it's about gun control argument. Steph? Oh, yeah, I agree with you exactly, like, completely on this. Um, I mean, they're setting you up just to take away the guns, for sure. I mean, how can you control all that? Jamie, you're in Avalon Park on this. Good morning to you. How do you see it, Jamie? Good morning, bud. Uh, You know I'm Catholic. I've mentioned that before, and... In Catholic social teaching, we have this concept called subsidiarity, which basically, like you said, the power that is best able to deal with a situation is the most local most of the time. Right. But there is a separation of powers. That's the beauty of the federal system is that sometimes you need some kind of level of oversight. And local works best when you know what the local bounds are, what the local laws are. Yep. I live... Technically, I live in Orlando, but I don't get to vote for Buddy Dyer or against him. I don't get a whole bunch of the different services, so it's very difficult for me to know when I'm driving across town whether I'm actually in Orlando still or not. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from, and you reinforce the points I'm making very well. JR in Orlando, go ahead, sir. How are you doing this morning, bud? Hey, I'm fine. Welcome aboard. Well, this is the exact reason why we passed preemption when it came to concealed carry. You had 67 different criteria for getting a concealed carry permit. Yeah, that's the number of counties. Yeah, per county. That's what it was. 
there's a perfect a perfect example is on 441 here. You were in Orange County. If you head toward a pop, you go through a one-mile section of Seminole County. Yeah. Back then, you had if your permit was good in Orange County, it wasn't good in Seminole County. So, in that, in theory, you could get stopped in Seminole County if you've got your permit on you. You could be arrested for having for not having a proper permit. Exactly, a great point, reinforcing what I said earlier. The hodgepodge. We can't live with this when it comes to this issue. On the text line, Yaffe, how about a quick highlight review of what's coming in? Yes, but it seems like most everyone is agreeing with you. One person says, well said, but man, I can only imagine what not my buddy Dyer would come up based on his liberal California views. Uh, another person said, uh, I think Bud is right about the gun lawsuit. Uh, lots of people are saying that you were just right on. Um, one person says, why should a city be allowed to pass laws that violate the Constitution? If a city can ban guns, what would keep them from violating other constitutional rights? There we go. Always appreciate your input, particularly when you agree with me. But it's sometimes more fun on the radio when you don't. That's why Yaffe was disappointed he didn't get anybody laying the Bud Man out in Lavender. I really was. I wanted to hear a good counter argument, but because I, I couldn't think of yeah. one. I yeah. didn't have time to text. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Spector is hey. joining us right now. It's Alan Spector Friday here, and he's going to bring us the news. Actually, a very serious story overnight. Could have been a disaster Shots fired inside the Trump National Doral Golf Club in Miami. The very latest coming up. The CIA now has its first woman director. Good morning, Orlando, for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning to you. Friday morning at 8.30. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays. And, Alan, you've been keeping uh, a close eye on the breaking news overnight out of South Florida. Pretty frightening when it came in. What's the latest? One person is in custody, bud, after someone fired shots at one of President Trump's golf clubs in South Florida. Police say the shots were fired early this morning at Trump National Doral Resort near Miami. It's not clear how many shots were fired. Several law enforcement agencies, including the Secret Service, are on the scene trying to piece things together. Miami-Dade Police Director Juan Perez says they've got detectives ready to question the shooter at the hospital. He was taken down in the resort's lobby. He was yelling and spewing some information about President Trump, and that's what we know so far. And he had an American flag that he did drape over the counter. Just one officer suffered an injury in all of this. The good news, he's expected to be okay. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The eyes are 54, the nays are 45, and the nomination is confirmed. With that, the CIA has its first woman director. The Senate confirmed Gina Haspel with both of Florida's senators, Republican Marco Rubio and Democrat Bill Nelson, casting yes votes. Critics of Haspel had questioned her role in harsh interrogation policies after the 9-11 terror attacks. There are similarities between a girl missing from Miami and the description of a girl reported to have been abducted from Brevard County. But investigators don't think they are the same person. 17-year-old Dania Belagarde of Miami disappeared 11 days ago. Authorities have yet to identify the girl witnesses say was pulled into a car in Titusville earlier this week or even confirm that a kidnapping took place. Orlando police plan to start enforcing a new law this weekend at a gun show being held at the Central Florida Fairgrounds. The law was passed to close the so-called gun show loophole. It requires buyers to undergo a background check and a three-day waiting period. The NHL Eastern Conference final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and Washington Capitals is all tied up at two games apiece. 
The Bolts' Alex Killorn broke a two-all tie with just over eight minutes to go in the third period. Off the boards, over near Sergachev, blocked by Wilson, back in deep, penalty timeout, right around the front, score! What a play by Killorn! And it's three to two! NBCSN with the call. The Lightning went on to beat the Capitals four to two in game four at D.C., Braden Point and Steven Stamkos scored less than three minutes apart in the first period for Tampa Bay, which will host Game 5 of the Best of 7 set tomorrow night. The road teams have won all four games so far. Gotta love the Lightning. Awesome team. Elsewhere, bud? Yeah. Former Orlando Magic star Shaquille O'Neal is selling his longtime home in Isleworth. He comes and he goes around here. Yeah. All right. And uh, there's no word as to whether he's actually leaving the area but his home is for sale. It, If you're interested, it has 12 bedrooms. That ought to be enough. Yeah. Only one bath, uh, though. Strangely enough. <laughs> it's it, a little tight. It's a 12-1, <laughs> which is unusual. It is. <laughs> you just don't see those every day. There Unique is, on the market. There is a 17-car garage, however, and a 6,000-foot basketball court. <laughs> Asking price, are you interested? Yeah, hit it. $28 million. Wow. You ought to at least get, like, maybe... Two and a half bath for that, don't you think? I would think. Gee, it's a 12-1. A 12-1. Very yes. rare. Incredible. Good luck, Shaq. Prince memorabilia will be auctioned off today in New York City. The auction's being held at the Hard Rock Cafe in Times Square. The collection includes an electric blue custom ensemble worn by Prince on a concert tour and a Schecter White Cloud electric guitar. Other highlights include a costume the late rock icon wore in the 1986 movie Under the Cherry Moon. Awards, posters, tour schedules, backstage passes, set lists, and several pairs of Prince's high-heeled boots are also up for sale. Man, I've always wanted a pair of those. Well, now's your chance. Yeah, okay. What else is going on? The Stones are still rolling, bud. Yeah? And they are rocking Europe. Mick Jagger and company opened up a two-month tour last night in Dublin. Their 17-song regular set started with Sympathy for the Devil and included Paint It Black and Honky Tonk Women. The encore songs were Gimme Shelter and Satisfaction. They'll play a bunch of dates in the U.K. later this month, and in June, they'll cross the English Channel for gigs in Germany, France, and Poland. Man, they're ageless. Yeah. They look like they're 200 years old. (laughs) It's amazing. Mick turns 75 in July. Does he really? Keith Richards is the guy who's looked like he's just, you know... Right at death's door for 50 years. He's He's still going. He's well-preserved by (laughs) chemicals. And it looks like uh, Disney has another hit on its hands with the latest Marvel superhero movie. Deadpool 2 opens in theaters today. Some early reviews say it's even bolder than the first R-rated movie, which came out two years ago. Critics say Deadpool 2, and Deadpool's played by Ryan Reynolds, continues to break the fourth wall, participate in crazy action sequences, and push the limits the film also stars Josh Brolin as the villain Cable. There you go. I'm a big fan of Deadpool. Are you really? Loved the first movie. No kidding. And looking forward to this one. All right. but uh, No kidding. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I don't think you would like it, though. Why not? Just because. Because why? <laughs> Mike, what do you think? Deadpool would not work is for that, the Bud Man? That, uh, I mean, there's a lot of gore. There's a lot of cussing. There's a lot of... Sexual innuendo. And you get enough of that on the show every day. Well, yeah, just, so. just passing through the newsroom, I can get that. All right, Alan, thank you. Sure. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays. And in a moment, the Daily Sound Judgment Game. The Lake Ridge Winery here has provided us a great prize for their upcoming Summerfest Grape Stomp event. 
live music, and all kinds of things. Well, Steph will tell you all about the prize. It's a great and valuable prize, and you can only win it if you're on the phone ready to play the sound judgment game. And you're eligible if you haven't won the game that we play every day in the last month. So we got a great prize. You're going to have a great time out there. We promise you that, and it won't cost you a penny because you're going on us. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Let's play Sound Judgment. And by the way, we have a special guest host of Sound Judgment who we're trying to connect with as we speak. Coming right up, we'll have that and an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, a very special edition of our Sound Judgment game today, focused on tomorrow's royal wedding across the pond. More on that in a moment. But right now, Steph, that fabulous new prize we're playing for. Tell us all about it. That's right. So today we have a four-pack of one-day tickets to Lake Ridge Winery and Vineyard Summerfest. There will be live music, grape stomping, as well as food and wine happening June 8th to the 10th. Okay, if you get a wrong, if somebody gets a wrong answer here, and it could happen, you can still win this great prize at 407-916-5400 when we open up the line for you. So be ready to go on that score. Let's see if we can find a winner. So indeed, our sound judgment game today focuses on tomorrow's royal wedding as Britain's Prince Harry weds American Meghan Markle at historic Windsor Castle. 92-year-old Queen Elizabeth will be there, we're told, and doubtless recalling all the royal weddings since she married Prince Philip way back in 1947. In fact, Yaffe says we're, we've just about made the transoceanic connection, so yes. are we ready on this, Yaffe? Do we have yeah, her? Yeah, yeah, let, let's find out. Let's, uh, all right, we'll queen. turn it over right now to the Queen, <laughs> Your Majesty. But man, oh, I'm a bit nervous. I'll tell you. Don't, don't be nervous. Don't. It's okay. It's fine. Welcome. We're so honored to have you here. I've never been on the fifty thousand watt front porch before. <laughs> All right, contestants. I'm going to play some sound from my own wedding long ago. I want you to listen closely. Then use your sound judgment, you smart, smart people, you, to tell me, including Harry and Meghan. How many royal weddings have there been since me and Philip tied the knot 71 years ago? And how they cheered the happy pair when they came out onto the balcony. What a wonderful picture the princess made, looking most lovely in her magnificent gown and standing happily beside her husband. The link between the British people and the royal family is something quite unique. Man, I'm getting goose pimp bumps over. Now, settle down, Queen. It's going to be okay. You've got to host the show. You've got to talk to the contestants. But I'm thinking back on that day. Oh, 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 so tell me. Tell me. Are you ready, everybody? I'm so nervous, bud. No, it's fine. Go ahead. It's fine. You're doing great. All right. Listen, including Harry and Meghan tomorrow, how many royal weddings have there been since my big bash? Back in 1947. How many have there been? And it's a pretty big number. Let's go to line one. Line one, how many? Line one? Hey, listen up, line one. Gonna hang up on him. You told me, Yaffe, you promised me this wasn't gonna be a train wreck. It was all gonna work out, but it's not off to a good start. It's not going well. 
Okay, line I don't want to upset the queen, but... Line two, how many royal weddings since my big one? Twelve. Now it's not twelve, and you've got to turn down your sound on the radio, and Yaffe says you've got to listen through the phone. Am I right on that, Yaffe? Yes, your, your majesty, yes, you were right. You know, I know I shouldn't have bought into this. <laughs> We've had trouble with you Americans since the revolution. Things never go well. Let's go to line three. Line three, that that contestant was very close when he said 12. How many royal weddings, including tomorrow, since I got married? 13. You're absolutely right. We got a winner. Oh, I'm so excited. Congratulations. And you know what? I'm going to ask the Budman to write you a note of congratulations for winning our game and making the Queen look good. What's your first name, sir? My name's Ryan. Ryan, where are you calling from? Oviedo. Are you going to be checking in to watch the royal wedding tomorrow? I know it's awfully early there. Are you going to be with me? I kind of doubt it. <laughs> well, that's it, Yaffe. We got another prize winner here. All right, well, we're going to give you the prize. And you got to give the prize to the person who won it. Now, come on, Queen. All right. Uh, get Get the information here, okay? Queen, don't choke now. You've been doing great. All right, Ryan, you're calling in from where, Oviedo? Oviedo, yes. Yes. Well, you're very excited about winning our game today, aren't you? I sure am. You're going to go on out to Lake Ridge Rhinery and do that summer fest and stomp on those grapes for me, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Ryan, we're so excited to have you here. And congratulations on winning our sound judgment game, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Good job there. Good job. How did I do, everybody? Not bad, <laughs> eh, Yaffe? Yes, I'm telling you right now. You know what? Would you bring me back? I'd like to do another sound judge. Oh, I, I would give you your own show, Your Majesty. Well, I got to tell you, I think she was <laughs> really, really good, you know? Fantastic. We're very honored to have her here yes. because I know with all the preparations for Harry's wedding, I mean, you know, she had a lot to do, but, you know, this is it. You know what? She has the, the iHeartRadio app. She downloaded it over there so she could listen to oh, us yeah. from across the ocean That's right. like you can worldwide. It's fantastic. Anyway, we have a winner on our sound judgment game and our special guest appearance by the Queen. Doesn't get any better than that. Well, there's one more thing coming up right now. We're going to learn all about Moira's Mixed Company. Her special once-a-month show is on this afternoon on WFLA. Are you in your relationship the saver or the spender? That's the focus of the show, and Moira's going to check in here in just a moment, and we'll hear from her. We'll have an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Third Friday in every month has become a very special day and unique day in Central Florida radio and very special here at WFLA as we bring Moira over from the Phillips file on our sister station 104.1 Real Radio to hoist her Moira's to host her Moira's. I hoist it too. It's yeah, okay. Hoist it. <laughs> it's all good. I'm hoisting. I'm hosting. It's all fine. Yes. Good I'm doing all morning. of that, bud. Good morning. Moira's Mixed Company. <laughs> yeah. Your show, your theme this afternoon. Let's talk about it and how yeah, folks we can listen about it. and get involved. Last week, we talked a little bit of a preview. This week, we're, this month, we are talking about money and relationships. And I have, whether you're married four days, four months, or in your case, more than 40 years. Right. When you have a speed bump, when you have a little kerfuffle, a little argument, 
A lot of times it's about money. Sometimes the little ones, sometimes the big ones. Couple argue about money yeah. more often. We come from different places, different experiences. Right. And one's the spender, one's the saver. And that's the focus of the that show and how to reconcile that. That's right. We have therapists on there, financial therapists on there who know about money and who also know about psychology and how people come to decide whether they're going to have separate bank accounts, whether they're going to pool all their money together. Most new couples say, oh, we don't have a pot, so we're going to put it all in one bucket, right? So in that case, uh, who decides where the expenditures go? And who it, money is power in a lot of couples, but, True. right? Yeah. So we, if one person is working and the other is a stay-at-home parent, a lot of times that is a power dynamic that we're going to talk about today as well. What we, I like is the show is three hours long. starts yes, at 3 o'clock this afternoon on WFLA, right. 1025 FM, AM 540. You do the show from the studio for an hour. Then you turn into kind of like a latter-day Oprah yes, sir. in a live studio setting with an audience that people That's can right. be a part of. The from only four to place six. in town that does it. Yeah. it. It is an intense interview in here. From 3 until 4, where we really delve into the topic. And then we go into what I call the Oprah Room, the big studio across the way. Right. And we have food. We have giveaways. We have – it's a free ticket. So if you are available today from 4 to 6, we'd love to have you in the audience. People are very sensitive about money. It's one of those topics oh, yeah. that nobody talks about their salary. Nobody talks about have they saved enough for retirement, all of these kind of things, and how they deal with money in their relationship is today's topic. We'll be on at three. Right. Okay. And then four to six live audience. We're at 2500 yes, Maitland Center Parkway between right. the Sheridan and the RDV here. That's a good way of putting and it. And if folks yes. want to come on down, what time do they need to be here? Uh, a little before four, I would say, probably quarter till, because that's when, when the studio audience is all right. in their places. Go to the lobby, come up to the fourth floor, learn all about it on I'd the website. I'd love to have them there. Yes. It'll be great. Moira's Mixed Company Most this definitely. afternoon. Thank you, there's no other show ever like it in Central Florida, and it's right here on WFLA. Moira's Mixed Company, you. the third Friday of the month, 3 to 6 in the afternoon. Learn about it on the website, 1025wfla.com, keyword Moira. Thanks, Moira. Thank you. Appreciate it. Boy, it's almost like we planned it. There are three hours, and so we got 10 seconds left. You all have a nice weekend. Enjoy the royal wedding. For Alan, for Moira, for Yaffe, and Steph, the Bud Man, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.